Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. A little Tuesday Auburn Undercover Podcast, but a really special one and honestly an interesting one at that. Um, we're recording it. Really not sure how it's going to go, um, but I think we have a good idea in mind. Um, I think we have a good blueprint laid out, and I think hopefully it should work out really well. Uh, joined today by Philip Dukes and Jason Caldwell. Guys, what we're going to be doing um, is we are going to be drafting the rest of Auburn's class. Auburn currently holds five commitments in the class of 2024 in quarterback Walker White, running back Jamarian Burnett, uh, tight end Martavius Collins, and defensive backs Amon Lane and Jaden Lewis. Um, So the context of this is we're drafting guys to join them. We don't need to draft those guys. Those guys are already a part of Auburn's class. Don't need to worry about them at all. We're going to be drafting roughly kind of what we, based off Auburn's board, Look, we're not drafting Dylan Rayola. We're not drafting the number one overall player in the 2024 class. We're drafting guys that have visited Auburn, have legit interest in Auburn, keeping it roughly realistic. Um, you know, there there might be some unrealistic picks here and there, but I don't think we're going to pick. You know, a guy like Jalen Mbakwe is my example of you know the five star DB committed to Alabama who Auburn hosted for a visit this spring. Seems like Auburn's going to get an official visit, but we don't think Auburn's nearly in it as much with Jalen and Bakwe as they are with Perry Thompson, who I do think we will see during this draft. Um, so roughly realistic. Keep that in mind. Also keep in mind these aren't our predictions necessarily for them to end up in Auburn's class. This is just kind of a fun podcast um, style where we can draft out Auburn's class, see how it shakes out. Um, and then also, you know, if you want to see it in story form, I'll have that as well tomorrow. Um, I'll write it all out, who we all picked, you know, the positions um, of what Auburn's class would look like, and I'll put all those into the class calculator, and then you'll be able to see how Auburn's class would have shaken out in the 2023 cycle in terms of, you know, total points. Um, so to get started, I'm going to lead it off. I'm going to let Philip Dukes go. First overall pick, um, joining the class. Dukes, who do you have? I think what we'll do is we'll go, you know, make a selection and talk for 45 seconds or a minute or so, kind of why he made that pick and how he fits into Auburn's class. <clears throat> so with the first pick in the Auburn undercover 
dream class for Auburn. <laughs> the Philip Dukes casual flexors are going to select Joseph Phillips of Ooh. Booker T. Washington and Tuskegee. Um, I think Phillips is probably, in my opinion, the most uh, important, I guess, recruit or target right now on the board for Auburn. Uh, he's a guy that's down the street, phenomenal player. He has the size you need at a position of need. Right now, edge or that jack position, uh, the edge rusher, being able to get to the quarterback is probably the most uh, – the big, the biggest position to need right now, Arbor's current roster. Uh, he goes about 6'3, 225 pounds. He's got plenty of room to get bigger. Good looking kid. Uh, from what I'm hearing, he's uh really personable. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. His tape is phenomenal. Uh, Christian actually, or it was either Christian or Jason was like, Hey, dude, you got to watch him. And when you watch him, he pops off the screen, makes all type of freakish plays. And I think that he's somebody that you have to have being in a, in a 10-mile radius of Auburn. And I think he's the linchpin to this class. I actually love that pick. That was a surprising first overall pick. But in terms of Auburn, in terms of, you know, we were talking about potentially doing a podcast of must-haves. He's right there at the very top for me because Auburn was his first offer, grew up an Auburn fan, has been to Auburn the most out of any school, and he's literally 20 minutes down the road. If you lose him to Georgia, that's a – Pretty significant loss, in my opinion. So I like that pick, pick Dukes. Uh, Jason, we'll go over to you for the second overall pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying close to home too. You, you know, you start you start this high on the board. You're, you're talking about positions of need, and and I thought that was thought the position was right on the target with Auburn. You're looking at an edge rusher, I thought another position of need is wide receiver, and so I'm going Cam Coleman with number two pick. Uh, you look at at physical skills, a guy that Auburn has made a priority. Um, in a place where Auburn is, is definitely wanting to get a foot back in the door again uh, in Central Phoenix City. Cam Coleman's a guy that has – he checks all the boxes, and you start talking about what they're looking for. You hear Hugh Freeze talking about catch radius, uh, all the things that he's looking for at that wide receiver positioning. Cam Coleman is one of the guys in this class that does that, but because of where he's located uh, right here close to home, um, I would have Cam Coleman really high, and so I'm, uh, I'm going to take him with, with with my first pick, number two overall. Yeah, uh, you know, the motto has been flip the script. If you want to talk about a recruit that would be really flipping the script for Auburn, it would be landing a five-star wide receiver from Central Phoenix City. Um, so that's a great selection. I was hoping you would pass on him, but I knew there was no way you wouldn't. Um, now I'm in a tough spot because, Dukes, I really thought you were going to take your guy, KJ Bolden, um, and so I want to take him but I also want to get Perry Thompson on the board as well. Um, and I think that's who I'm going to end up rolling with. Um, the secondary is in the good spot. You already have two commitments and Jason just touched on it. Wide receiver is a huge position of need in this class. Um, the last time you can point to a true impact wide receiver one at Auburn is probably Seth Williams. Um, and even at then it's not like he was good, but he wasn't a truly dominant didn't go on to the be a successful NFL type guy. Um, and that's what Hugh Freeze has had in his wide receivers in the past at Old Miss. DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, household names in the NFL, um, and guys that Auburn and Hugh Freeze need to start, or Hugh Freeze needs to start producing at Auburn. Um, and Perry Thompson would be right up there at the top of the list. Another in-state five-star wide receiver committed to Alabama, visited Auburn quite a few times, um, and he has been He's been pretty hot on Auburn, so it'll be interesting to see. You always, you always exercise caution when it comes to Alabama commits, 
Um, but Perry Thompson feels like a guy that this Auburn staff has made a pretty big push for and sits in a decent spot. To start off round two, Jason, I'm going to kick it back to you. Oh, you look at, uh, at positions of need, and, and there's no question you know, we've seen from Hugh Freeze and, and Jake Thornton the, the push on the offensive line, wanting to improve and continue to improve that position. And so for me, I'm going offensive line um, with my first pick of the second round. I'm going Jameson Riggs. Um, I think it's a guy that gives you a ton of value, really high up, a guy that can play tackle, could probably slide inside and play guard, even center if you wanted him to. And so you start talking about positions where Auburn has continued to improve. All you have to do is point to to your, your, your two rivals. You look at Alabama and Georgia. Nobody has recruited the offensive line better than Alabama and Georgia in the last decade. And, you know, it's no no secret that they've been the most two consistent teams in not only in the, in the Southeastern Conference, but in the country almost, uh, them and Ohio State. Speaking of recruiting the offensive line, Ohio State has well. And so uh, I think Jameson Riggs is is a big one. Uh, and I think Auburn uh, would, would get a huge benefit from a guy like that. So I'm going Jameson Riggs. Um, my, with my first pick here in the second round. Dukes, I'll let you go second. Okay, yeah, well, my second pick, uh, I'm going to stay along the defensive line, uh, just understanding how important the trenches are and uh, being good up front allows uh, everybody else on the uh, on the, on the the defense in order. It, it's, it allows everybody else on the defense to be successful. When you got speed guys that listen run around, when you've got linebackers, they have to stay free and keep guards off of you. And you got to be able to get to the quarterback. With all that being said, my next pick is Justin Green. Uh, Justin Green is and, – and I think with my picks and what I've been trying to do is think realistically as well, right, like we uh, prefaced the whole draft with. And uh, I think Auburn sits in a really good spot with Justin Green. I talked to his pops uh, not too long ago. I had a really good conversation about what he's looking for in a college. Um, and he wants somebody that's going to be straight up with him. And I think the the straightforward approach that Auburn has been taking has been paying dividends. I look to see them back at Auburn sooner than later. Uh, he's a player that can play up and down the defensive line. If you need to sl- if you need him to rush the passer, he can. If you need him to uh, maybe give you more of a pass rush on third down from an interior position, he can also do that. Really well-built young man, and uh, I think he would be a, a, a great addition to Auburn's class. Okay, did not think this guy would get to me by the end of the second round, but he can't slide any further. Uh, I'm taking K.J. Bolden to end the second round. Look, I mean, this is one of the biggest freak athletes in the class. Um, top 10 player as a safety would probably be a top 100 player as a wide receiver as well. Um, those of you guys watching on YouTube, you can see the picture. I mean – the picture is with Auburn's offensive wide receiver staff and the uh, secondary staff. Auburn has pitched the idea of getting snaps on both sides of the ball to him, um, partially as a way to kind of get more, get boosted in his recruitment, I guess you could say a little bit, and get a little bit more involved. Um, and so far this spring, from everything that we've been hearing, it seems like Auburn, you know, he released the top 15 at the beginning of the year. Auburn wasn't even in his top 15. Now I would say Auburn's kind of on the short list of, you know, anywhere from five to seven, somewhere like that. Um, The new rule of unlimited official visits going into effect on July 1st kind of changes things. It makes things a little more difficult to track on where uh, kind of schools actually stand. But, you know, Dukes, you had it in your scoops report last week. um, And that was before when they were just capped at five official visits. You thought Auburn would get one of those five officials 
Um, and I would probably tend to agree with how things have going. Things have been going um, with KJ Bolden. So I'm going to add him to Auburn's secondary class there alongside Jaden Lewis and Amon Lane. Um, and huge that that would obviously be a huge pickup. We think Auburn's trying to still catch up ground there, but kind of slowly starting to work its way in and in a good spot. Um, so that wraps up round two. Jamison Riggs, offensive lineman. Justin Green, defensive lineman, um, and KJ Bolden in the secondary. Uh, Dukes, I'll kick it back to you to lead off round three. Um, to stay in the secondary, um, I think you got to Auburn likes to have guys who can be very versatile, play inside and out, <clears throat> have good speed, and are willing tacklers. And I think uh, the DB that fits that the most fits that mold the most is uh, Jalen Crawford out of Parkview. Um, I think that he's a guy that. Um, he really excels in the box, but he's shown on the uh, 707 circuit this spring uh, some of his long speed and uh, recoverability. So uh, I think he's an excellent cornerback for this type of uh, what what Crime Dog likes to do. Uh, Crime Dog likes to do, Coach McGriff, and um, I could see he's a player that I could see play uh, safety or corner in college. But I think he'll excel in that nickel role. And as far as a four-two-five or a true three-three-five, uh, however Auburn wants to set their uh, their alignment, I think he's somebody that can be a weapon, and uh, that's why I think he's a great start to the third round. Jason, I'll let you roll with the next pick. Yeah, oh. yeah, I was going to say you said. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you you've been you've been stuck at the bottom, so you you pick second. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm. Linebacker is a huge need for Auburn in this class. Um, and I think it's time to probably address that. And I mean, you might as well take the top guy that's seemingly on Auburn's board right now. And I think that's probably Demarcus Riddick, the in-state five-star at Chilton County, um, committed to Georgia right now. Uh, but Auburn and Alabama are pushing for him. And it's, it's going to be an absolute battle between all three of those teams. Obviously, Georgia kind of leads right now with his commitment, but Josh Aldridge has been pressing um, Demarcus Riddick pretty hard. Got him in for junior day. Got him in for a spring practice. He was hoping to make it for a day. Wasn't able to make it because of some family obligations. Um, but Alabama's been pushing really hard as well. So that's going to be a really tough battle. But when you look at the linebacker room, it's it's an older room. You've got a little bit of youth there. Um, and Demario Tolan, now that you've added him, you've got Robert Woodyard. You've got Powell Gordon there as well. Um, but a lot of those guys, you know, you brought in Austin Keys. By the time this class gets here, Austin Keys would only have one year of eligibility left. Cam Riley um, is running out of eligibility. Wesley Steiner is running out of eligibility. All these guys are kind of upperclassmen now. Um, and so linebacker feels like a big need. This is certainly not the last linebacker we're going to see in this class. I think Auburn will probably take at least two, if not a third linebacker, depending on how the class goes. Um, so I am going to go ahead and take Demarcus Riddick. Yeah, good pick there. Um, to round out th this round, uh, round three, I'm going to stay on defense. Um, we've already seen one edge rusher come off the board. I, I think it's a position where Auburn has to go at least too deep at that spot. I think it's it's one of the most important positions on the field, and you see those guys get paid in the NFL for a reason. And so I'm going with Jordan Ross uh, from Best David Hills. Um, you look at, at what – that true classic speed edge rusher, you know, you, you pair him with Joseph Phillips and, and then you can start to do some things defensively that Auburn has done the past couple of years with, with Derek Hall and, and Echo Leota and having Romello Hyde a couple of years ago, 
you can put a couple of those guys on the field at the same on the same time, um, especially on third downs. You've got something to work with then. And so I think you, you look at, at potentially, you know, kind of the old school, they called it that rabbit's defense. Uh, you look at, at, at having potentially guys like that where you end up moving a Keltry Falk inside at, at you know, 6'6", 285 pounds down the road to have – you got you got the potential to really get after the quarterback, and so I like Jordan Ross here. I think that that would that's a very realistic get for Auburn, and he's a guy that has as much upside as anybody in his class, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, Jason? I'm gonna have you go back to back. Actually, you can lead us off for round four as well if you're ready to roll. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. Um, you know, Auburn already has a running back in this class, but there's a home run hitter in this class that's still out there that that Auburn is in the mix with, in Kevin Riley and. Um, I think that's the spot where you start talking about the mixture of guys in a backfield. They want to get some different touches for different types of players. And, and you know, bringing in Jeremiah Cobb this year, Jeremiah Cobb's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. But you look at, at Kevin Riley, Kevin Riley is a home run hitter. And if you have one of those guys in the backfield compared, you know, paired up with a guy like Jamari Barnett, who's who's a big, you know, you know powerful between the tackles kind of guy that gives you a really unique running back room. So, I'm going to go with Kevin Riley here at this, this spot. Dukes, I'm going to jump in here and take this second pick. Um, Jason already took uh, – who did he take on the offense? Jamison Riggs. Um, and I'm going to take Daniel Calhoun, one of the top offensive tackles in the country. Um, they're out of Georgia, who Auburn has slowly tried to get back into the mix with. Um, he actually visited Auburn quite a few times previously, but Auburn kind of slowly faded out of his recruitment, which is – not that surprising of a trend given the situation there, um, but the new staff has put a focus on him, got him in for a spring practice, which seemingly went well. Again, everything's all finicky now because of the new unlimited official visit rules starting um, July 1st, but it kind of felt like Auburn was in a position there to land that fifth official. He already has four scheduled, um, and Daniel Calhoun is just an absolutely massive body there at offensive tackle. Um, he would be a guy that could potentially compete for playing time right away. You, know, you have older guys there at tackle right now, and Gunnar Britton, who only has one year left. Um, you've got Dylan Wade, who has two years left, but he could maybe potentially go to the NFL after this year if things work out well. Um, so you'd be adding Daniel Calhoun, who currently is listed right around 6'7", 355, um, which is something Auburn would love to have at offensive tackle. So I'm going to take him to keep short. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Pouring up that offensive line room. Oh, That's a great pick. Uh, Calhoun is a guy. I mean, he's an absolute dude. And I always like to say um, he's one of the first people off of the, uh, off of the bus. 
absolute specimen. For my next pick, <clears throat> I think Jason helped me out. What year did uh, Julio Jones and AJ Green graduate? Was it 09? Well, it was, they were in that first class in 2008. Eight. Saban came out, and then he, I think his first year was 2009. I think he was, a, was he a sophomore on that 2010 team? Yeah. I, I remember going to watch Julio play in the spring before his senior year. And I think he was part of that first, that first class for saves. I think it's 2008. Okay. So, and I remember all the talk being about the two wide receivers in that class, which were, what flavor did you like? Was it AJ green, uh, who was more of a rangy, um, catch radius type guy, make, makes all type of phenomenal catches. And then you've got the, uh, the, uh, the TO like, uh, Julio Jones at the time. And I think we see that, iteration again this year with uh cam coleman and uh my next pick um what's my what's my guy's name i, I just caught a uh from foley he's from the same julio uh he's from uh I, I took him at the first he's off the board dude. oh you got him <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that being said I'm, go bradley shaw. <laughs> I'm going with bradley shaw um uh, a linebacker out of hoover uh he's he's really well put in together too um i think linebacker is uh, you need more than one. i think you'll probably need two possibly three depending on uh what auburn happens after the uh the portal and we'll see what goes on but yeah bradley saw the guy who can cover all across the field he will hit you a smart player really instinctive and he also uh i, I like i like the way that he's there before he has to be there and what i mean by that is the way he diagnoses plays allows him to play even faster so yeah i will go with uh bradley shaw as my next pick good one Need some linebackers. I like Bradley Shaw a lot. Um, so does 24-7. We have him higher kind of than just about anybody else. Um, very just instinctive player there at middle linebacker. Um, I'm going to lead off round five. Um, we've already gotten – I think we're at round five. Yes. We've already gotten Justin Green on the defensive line. Um, I'm going to take an in-state guy in Jeremiah Beeman. Um, this is one of Auburn's undoubtedly top uh, defensive line targets. Um, and he is just – He's an interesting player along the defensive line. I don't know how to describe his play style in all honesty. He's a tweener in some sense, um, but I think he's – you could almost put him not at jack, but you could put him as a defensive end. You could put him at defensive tackle, even with what he currently kind of sits at weight-wise, um, and he would be able to do it really well. You know, We saw him at the Under Armour camp. Um, and they had him lined up almost as a true defensive tackle, and he was just – shredding through the guards and the centers um, and not really having an issue at all. Um, so I'm going to take Jeremiah Beeman. It's been a while since, not been a while, but Auburn has not had the dominant forces alongside or on the inside of the defensive line like it did when it had Derek Brown, uh, Marlon Davidson, kind of those guys. Um, and, you know, Kobe Wooden has been pretty solid. Marcus Harris has been pretty solid. Um, but if you manage to land Jeremiah Beeman alongside Justin Green, you'd feel – Pretty darn good about the inside of your defensive line. Um, Dukes, we'll toss it to you for the second pick here. My next pick will be um, – I'm going to go with Fletcher Westfall. Did anybody get him? Nope, he, that's a good one. Okay, I'll take Fletcher Westfall. Uh, I really like his game. He's that classic prototypical offensive tackle build, uh, six, six and a half maybe – I think he may be six seven. Um, he's he's, he's all of six seven. I can yeah, tell you I've seen him in person. <laughs> yeah, he's long and uh, from that Virginia area. So uh, maybe uh, Hugh Freeze has some background 
as far as recruiting him or just seeing him play as uh, what he was at Liberty. But uh, he's what you need as far as somebody who can pass it. Um, and he's got and he's got a surprisingly mean streak from um, what I've saw as far as on film. So, uh, yeah, I think he would probably – let's say if you compare him with a Daniel Calhoun, you've got your offensive line set for uh, years to come. So I, I think he uh, fits really well in what Auburn wants to do. From from my pick in this round, uh, I'm going back to wide receiver, but I'm going back to a guy that I, I believe is is a great fit to pair with the two big receivers that Auburn's already added. I think Mario Craver is a guy that is an absolute just dynamo um, from Clay Chalkville up just outside of Birmingham. And you look at, at what he brings to the table, and it's very serious to um, Javarius Johnson that Auburn has right now. Um, you know, you're looking at, at – you know, how you want to fit those guys. And I think you're looking for a guy in the middle that can can eat up space, can can create mismatches, and I think he does those things. And so uh, you, you pair up, you know, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Mario Craver. You had three three top wide receivers from State of Alabama in the same class, and I, I think all of a sudden you, you make people sit up and take notice. And so I, I think that would be a, a really in, in, intriguing trio. Uh, I, I know one thing, that there'd be a guy – in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, that would be smiling from ear to ear if those three guys all <laughs> this class. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I was debating next round between him or Bryce Kane, um, similar player out of Baker, both really good options, whoever Auburn ends up with. Uh, guys, before we get into round six and seven, let's do a quick recap just in case people have lost track a little bit. And if you're not watching on the YouTube, on the YouTube we have like the little kind of thumbnail at the bottom where we go over the round and you're able to see it. But in round one, we had uh, edge rusher Joseph Phillips and then the pair of wide receivers in Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. Round two was the versatile offensive lineman Jamison Riggs, defensive lineman Justin Green, um, and DB KJ Bolden. Round three, we had another DB in Jalen Crawford um, and linebacker Demarcus Riddick and edge rusher Jordan Ross. Round four, you got your second running back for the class in Kevin Riley. Um, you got an offensive tackle in Daniel Calhoun. And you got Bradley Shaw. And then in the last round, you just got another defensive lineman in Jeremiah Beeman, um, an offensive tackle in Fletcher Westfall, and your slot wide receiver in Mario Craver. Um, so with that, we'll go to round six. Dukes, I'll let you go ahead and lead us off here at round six. Um, so for round six, I'm going to go with what I feel is uh, a traditional Auburn-type guy. Um Sometimes at Auburn, you just got to have those guys who may not be the prototypical size. They may not be uh, the highest ranked guys. And uh, this guy would be would follow a tradition with uh, D'Angelo Barber being my pick. And uh, he reminds me so much. Uh, he's got a lot of Zacoby McClain in his game, uh, around about six feet. He'll hit you. He's really aggressive. And I think the biggest thing is that he you can tell he – I would say, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, he seems like the type of kid that wants to be at Auburn. And I think uh, in, in recruiting, you have to get some of those kids who are going to be the guy who wants to get the flag and run around the field. There's a lot to be said for uh, how that would impact the culture of the team off the field. And I think he's a guy that uh, Auburn would be really lucky to get. And if they choose to uh, press, I think they'll get him. Jason, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Have at it. Okay, uh, I'm going to take another offensive lineman. Got to keep building up that offensive line. I'm going to take Casey Poe, uh, who's potentially your center or a guard in this class, not really a tackle. 
Um, but I'm going to take him there out of uh, Lindale, Texas. Um, this is a guy that, what you know, you just mentioned Walker White. This is a guy that Walker White has been recruiting um, maybe the hardest. We've seen Walker White tweet at Casey Poe about a million times now, um, and it's always something clever, creative. I think he went to Texas Tech and had some sort of visit, and, you know, at Texas Tech there was some guy from The Bachelor or something like that. I don't know. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't know that situation. I don't know Texas Tech. But Walker White said, I'll order you a dozen roses um, and a lot of dramatic commitment ceremony if you choose Auburn. Um, so, but this is a guy that Walker White obviously wants in front of him. This is a guy that Auburn has prioritized pretty heavily as probably one of its top interior guys. Um, and, you know, we've already gotten Daniel Calhoun. We've already gotten Fletcher Westfall. So you've got two tackles that you feel really good about. Um, and now you've got an inside guy um, that would help either at guard or at center. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, no question they're going to continue to try to make offensive line a priority. Um, uh, closing out round six, uh, I'm going to go back to the secondary and, and, and look for um, bigger body, uh, Ricardo Jones from Northside and, and Warner Robbins. I, I just think he's a guy that gives you a lot of options in what you want to do. And Dukes mentioned earlier, um, versatility. He's a guy that can play either safety spot, probably a guy that could side up and play some nickel if you want him to, especially against the more physical teams you play. And so, you look at, at kind of continuing to add to a secondary, especially from uh, a safety group that could have a little movement this year. Obviously, you look at Jalen Simpson and, you know, you look at, at him as Zion Puckett. you got some older guys there, um, potentially some guys that who knows what happens uh, with the rest of this class of the year because there's some depth there. But what you want to do is it's, it's just like an NFL draft. The same thing holds true in college. You want to continue to try to, to draft people that make you better and that push the other guys and say, look, all right, you got to beat somebody else every year. That's it. And I think Ricardo Jones is a guy that makes you better. And so I, I, I feel good about a guy like that adding to the class. Yeah. I love that pick. Uh, we're going to move on to the final round here. I'm going to let Dukes go, then Jason go, and I'm going to close it out because I've got a couple of different sleepers and I kind of want to see who's left there with the last pick. Um, so Dukes, I'll let you lead off the final round here. All right, I'm, I'm going to go right back to the secondary, and I'm going to get uh, Jalen Crawford's running mate in the Parkview secondary. Yep, that's what I was Antonio looking at. Antonio White. Um, Antonio White started out this year with no Division One offers. <clears throat> he's been a guy on the 707 circuit, uh, and literally he's been popular almost his whole life. As somebody, They didn't know if he was going to be big enough or how, how heavy is he going to be, and all he does is continue to make plays. Now he's getting offers at wide receiver. I think when we saw him at Under Armour camp, he worked out as a wide receiver. Auburn offered him as a DB. Uh, he's open to playing either one. And uh, I think it's really important to grab both of those guys if you're Auburn. And uh, Parkview probably has the best secondary player in the country in the class of 2026, I believe, in Zealous Hicks. Absolute freak show. Um and opening up that pipeline to Parkview is going to be super important. We talked about how it could have happened at Langston Hughes, and this year the team with the most talent outside of Buford is probably Parkview. So um, I'm going to go Antonio White. I'm going to go back to something Deke mentioned, Deke's mentioned earlier about guys that want to be there. Um, for me, I, I don't know that there's anybody that fits the mold more than Malik Blockton does when you look at that. Um, younger brother of Marcus Harris a guy that's probably been to Auburn 20 times in the past three years um, since he was a freshman at Pike Road. And I think a guy with a lot of upside, he's just now kind of figuring out a little bit. And 
and he's one of those guys that's still a young pup on the defensive line. And I, he's a guy that I feel like is a guy that would that would build it, would work for it, and continue to get better and go on. And you mentioned culture. I think he's a great, great culture guy. He's one of those guys I feel like that, that you, you always want to have a part of the class if you're Auburn. So I'm going with Malik Blockton. All right, I'm going to close it out here. Um, I was looking at a couple more offensive linemen, actually, because we we got three. That's a solid start. Auburn will probably take more than three, but, again, this is just more of an activity. Um, but Auburn does want to take another tight end um, in this class to pair with Martavius Collins. Um, and there's some good options out there. You know, Carter Nelson's a big name. We've got Colton Heinrich out of Florida. Um, but I'm going to stay in-state, and I'm going to take a sleeper. Um, and Ja'Cory Witted, who is – he still has a lot that he needs to put together um, playing down there at uh, McAdory, if I remember correctly. And he's mostly been playing wide receiver growing up. That's been his position just now starting to transition to tight end. Um, but when you look at just what he could bring to that tight end room, it's hard. It's hard to find someone with a better frame. Six, seven, two fifty-three right now. You'd love to have that guy out there catching passes. Um, very, very athletic, could bring a lot to that tight end room. You know, Hugh Freeze and Ben Agamawa have had a lot of success success with different tight ends. Um, Dawson Knox, Evan Ingram, some other guys. Um, so you get your kind of blocking tight end, your more traditional H-back tight end in Martavius Collins. Um, and then I don't want to say take a chance on Ja'Cory Witted because he is a four-star tight end, um, and he's you know one of the top 20 tight ends in the country. But you're taking a piece of clay in Ja'Cory Witted. yes. And you're hoping to mold him and you're hoping to get, you're taking a guy that has an extremely high ceiling. Um, so I'm going to take him there to close out the draft. We had a Google doc. There's still a ton of good names out here. Um, like I said, at the beginning, this is not, this is not Auburn picking. This is us picking kind of for fun, doing a fun activity. These are not even our predictions either. Um, but I thought this was kind of a fun way for us to be able to go through it. Um, let's recap it again, real quick for those that want it. So round one, uh, Dukes led us off and took Joseph Phillips um, there at the top of the board. He, uh, he would, Joseph Phillips might have been the plus 800 odds to be the first overall pick. There's a surprise there at the, uh, the very beginning, but Duke surprises everybody with a really good pick. Um, I think it's a pick that Auburn has to have, has to win that recruiting battle. Um, Jason takes Cam Coleman, feel the same way. Um, and I, I take, I don't want to say the launch shot, but I take the, the big hope for Auburn in being able to flip Perry Thompson from Alabama. Round two, we had offensive lineman Jamison Riggs, Justin Green on the defensive line, and KJ Bolden there at safety. Round three, sticking in the secondary, you got Jalen Crawford, um, and then you shore up your front seven a little bit with Demarcus Riddick, the linebacker, and Jordan Ross, the edge rusher. Round four, um, you've got your lightning in Kevin Riley to pair with Jamari and Burnett, the Thunder. You've got your big offensive tackle, um, your probably left tackle of the future, and Daniel Calhoun. And you've got Bradley Shaw there to pair with Demarcus Riddick. Not the last linebacker we'll see, though. Uh, defensive line, you've got Jeremiah Beeman uh, here in round five. Uh, Fletcher Westfall, pair him with Daniel Calhoun. And then you've got an insanely talented wide receiver trio um, and Mario Craver joining Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. Um, so you've got your slot guy. Last linebacker of the class goes around six, taking DJ Barber from Clay Chalkville. Um, you go over to Texas, land Casey Poe, the interior offensive lineman. And then you get another piece in the secondary and a pretty big physical safety in Ricardo Jones. Um, and then closing it out in round seven with kind of the sleep around there a little bit. Some guys who have some pretty high ceilings um, and still you could get a lot out of them. Uh, Antonio White, the teammate of Jalen Crawford there at Parkview, 
Malik Blockton, younger brother of Marcus Harris, the Pike Road defensive lineman, and then Ja'Cory Witted, the in-state uh, tight end from McAdory. So that's uh, that's the picks. Let's, uh, Jason, real quick, kind of your thoughts on just how the draft kind of turned out and what you would think of Auburn's class if this is the yeah. class. I'm going to say that uh, I would say 100% of, of the people that watch this would say, hey, we'll close it down right now, move on to 2025, and be done. I think I think you take that <laughs> in a heartbeat. Uh, but, you know, here, here's what we did, and you're right. There's some some – you know, obviously, you're you're probably not going to end up with with all of these guys, but this is a a mixture of hey, I, I think Auburn's got a pretty good shot at it, and this is a position of need, and so I think it worked out pretty well. But it does give people an idea of kind of what a class might look like in terms of positions where Auburn wants to go, and so it maybe gives you a little bit of an idea of of you know kind of how the class would shape up in terms of what you're looking for. And, and who are some of the guys that might feel it. So uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Dukes, any kind of final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, I just think um, <clears throat> if Auburn closes on 80% of what we pick, I think you got a top eight-ish, top seven-ish class, and that's exactly the type of class that will get you back towards the front end of the SEC and uh, what Auburn had grown accustomed to. So I think um, – and I think the way – I do appreciate the way we did it. We got – positions where a top eight class is really a top eight class not just stockpiling on certain positions where you know you may get the ranking or you may get the uh, the political side of the recruiting battles but you're still having deficiencies in your roster for years to come so i think uh if Auburn can i mean now i'm not sure if we can do this but if they would like to buy our draft uh <laughs> contact ronnie sanders no i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> No, man, uh, no, it was fun, man. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Um, we'll probably do something like this again, maybe change it up a little bit. Um, we were kind of floating some different ideas earlier today about how we wanted to do the podcast, um, but this worked out well, and I think it gave us some more ideas for the future as well. Um, guys, if you're still watching this and you're on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe. If you're not already, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything, um, and it helps us out a ton. Um, if you're listening on Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever, and you enjoyed it, definitely leave us a review. Um, This podcast is coming out on Tuesday, April 18th. The significance of that is it's the last day um, of our sale over at auburnundercover.com for 50% off an annual subscription. Um, If you're already subscribed and you're listening to this and you're on a monthly subscription, you can upgrade to an annual sub um, and take advantage of that 50% off. So definitely make sure to come check us out over there. Um, We have content on literally every single one of these guys that we just listed. We've had content on them. We're going to continue to have content on them. Jason and I are getting ready to hit the road. Dukes is cooking up a scoops um, story right now, actually, um, and should have that pretty soon. So we've had a ton of good stuff. We've had basketball transfer portal content. Um, we've had a ton of great content over there. So definitely make sure to check us out over at AuburnUndercover.com. Jason, do you have any final thought there? That's it. That's it. Okay. Like I said, uh, no, no better time than to sign up right now. Uh, if, you're, if you've thought about it before, um, this is the perfect time because, hey, the portal – is only two days old, um, about a little less than two weeks left in this portal period. It's going to heat up um, probably beginning, uh, you know, throughout this week and in the next week as teams finish spring games. So there's going to be a lot more portal activity, a lot more guys that potentially could be uh, over targets in a portal. So uh, come join us. Yep, you heard him. All right, we'll close it out there. Um, we'll catch you guys probably later this week for another podcast. Um, what we'll end up talking about is to be determined, but we'll catch you guys on that one. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.